0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to dive into the content we are getting going to get into today. This is a very important message. I feel like there's going to be a lot of spiritual and practical um, insight for you to grab hold of, some revelation, some impartation is going to take place here on the podcast today. And I've got a great guest. I haven't talked to him for a few years. When I was doing Awaken Live, he came on with me, but he's coming on again today. And so I'm excited about that. And so before we get into it, if you are new to the show, if there's your first time listening. We have a new show every Monday and Thursday streaming on Charisma dot com. You could also go to the Charisma Plus app. You could find us on there as well as articles and many other podcasts and great free content. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much Anywhere that podcasts are listened to, you could tap in. We've got over 130 episodes now, close to 140, and so there's tons of free content out there. Interviews with amazing leaders in the body of Christ, authors, prophetic people, children of God, servants of God, missionaries from around the world that I get, um, I have the honor to speak to, and they share their stories how they encountered the Lord. Um, you know, uh, um, the message that God has put inside of their heart for this time, for this hour, sharing. Miracles and testimonies of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I also come on and I share. Um, I have I have solo shows, teaching shows where I break open the Word of God. We just came out of a series on first love, passion at the beginning of this year. It was a ten-part series talking about first love. What to you know what things distract us or take away from first love, and how we could return the first love. Also, just came out of a series more recently on the fear of the Lord. What does that look like? Defining the fear of the Lord rightly, biblically. And kind of what that looks like in our everyday lives, you know, having a focus of eternity and how that impacts our now. And so, you'll want to tap into that if you haven't already. Just go back in the previous episodes, and and you could indulge there. And so, no further ado, I want to have my guest on the show. Um, this is Doctor. Roberts Lairdon. He is an author. He's a public speaker. He's a spiritual leader, a church historian, and humanitarian. He has produced radio, television, internet programs. He's also authored over eighty books, which have been translated over 60 languages to date and have sold over 16 million copies, which is incredible. I know many of you guys have heard of God's Generals, that incredible series. And so he's the author of God's Generals. He's established many churches and accredited Bible schools and is now building Embassy International Church in Orlando, Florida, which is an apostolic center that really serves his community and the nations. And so anyway, thank you, Roberts, for joining me today. What a blessing.
1: It's good to be back with you and it's always uh, fun to be on your show.
0: <laughs> anyway, so you're so you um you're Writings have impacted my life tremendously. When I first got saved, I got a hold of God's generals. Um, you know, it talked about Smith Wigglesworth and the life of John G. Lake and Catherine Coleman and Amy Semple McPherson. And I was hungry for the things of God. I wanted to be used in this generation. When the Lord touched me, it was supernatural. And so when I got my hands on this book, it was like, wow, people have walked um, the, uh, uh, you know, this biblical lifestyle, miracle signs and wonders. There's people that you know in this generation have walked this way in generations prior, and it made me hungry hungry and god spoke to me too because you were very vulnerable and honest you shared everything about their stories not just the glory stories but also you know the weaknesses of of the saints and and it's so much practical wisdom for someone like me and so many others i want to be used by god such practical insight and wisdom for us to glean from and so man what an awesome series
1: well i'm glad you liked it it's, it's blessed millions of people around the world and it's I mean, I'm in shock at how much God has used it, and I'm happy that that He is, and especially raising up the new younger generation, mm-hmm. because we keep repeating the same failures over and over. That's true. So hopefully, people can learn what they are and jump over those ditches and and be greater successes.
0: Absolutely, and I want to I go into that today, but before we dive deeper into that, um, just tell us how you encountered the Lord and how this whole thing began, because you love church history, you study revival, you know, this is, this is a passion of yours, this is a calling that God has placed on your life, so tell us how this, how this all began.
1: Uh, it came as an encounter um, for me. I was watching television when I was 12 and a half years old, I'm 55 now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just watching TV, minding my own little boy business, and Jesus walked through the front door of my house and took three steps over to where I was sitting on the sofa. And then the room with the TV noise moved out like 500 yards, and I could hear the TV like in the distance. And the Lord said to me, study the lives of my generals, know why they succeeded and why some failed. Because there'll come a generation when will need to know what I will show you if you do what I will tell you to do today. Mm-hmm. And he went on to say a few more things, but that was the beginning of this. And when the encounter ended, to be very honest with you, I didn't like anything he said. <laughs> anything that the Lord said I did not like. I'm being honest, because I knew what the word study meant. I knew that. It meant reading books, being in libraries, and doing that kind of thing. And I was a 12-year-old boy who wanted to go play football, and baseball, mm-hmm. and basketball. Yeah. And go to the movies with my friend. You know, I'm 12 and a half half years old. And the reason why I understood the word study, because my mother was earning her, her master's degrees at that time. And so um, we were in libraries. We, we, we knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I didn't like about it, to be honest, I didn't like studying preachers. Because when I was a little boy, what I saw as preachers in our church were, I like kind of bald-headed guys. They were kind of fat, and they spit when they preach. That's the kind of the way I had them in my mindset. Uh-huh. So I thought, who wants to study those people? But I did not want Jesus to be mad at me. So I am uh-huh. a little boy that loved Jesus, and so we had we've always had Christian books in our home because my grandmother, and mother, loving Christian books and such. So I picked up my first biography that night to read a little bit because I didn't want Jesus to be mad with me. So when <laughs> I read the first chapter, chapter and a half. It's uh, something supernatural consuming, a desire to read, to study, to know the stories of the great leaders' lives, revival movements, why did they make it, what it felt, became an overwhelming passion that went beyond human interest. And it's created this whole thing that we are now talking about. So that is the story of how it started and my mindset and what happened in the first day.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's amazing because when the Lord puts something on our hearts, we don't you know, I, I wish it was like this all the time, but like, you know, sometimes God will put something on, on your heart and it's like, oh yes, I absolutely love to do that, of course. And then sometimes I'll tell you to do something and it's like that's the furthest thing from what I want to do. But as you yield,
1: <laughs> that was mine. That was that your was
0: story. Mine. That was your story. <laughs> yeah. God's asked me to do several things like that as well. And then you just, there's a power in surrender where you say, Jesus, I don't want to, but you want me to. I yield my will to you. Yes, yes, Lord. And then in that, he transforms your very desire. You know, I've had friends that say, "Well, I don't want to be a believer because maybe God will ask me to, you know, friends of mine from back in the day when before I got saved, and they would say, "I don't want to give my life to Jesus because he's going to ask me to lay down my life and do things that I don't want to do and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, well you could see it like that right now. I understand that perspective, but when you yield your heart to him, there's a transforming work that takes place and and you begin to love what God wants you to do. It's in your DNA, it's in your nature yeah. as as a born again believer. And sometimes it just takes yielding to it and you'll be absolutely passionate about whatever God calls you to do. And so it's just, it's vital. I
1: mean, when when I begin to read that first book, that first chapter, it it consumes, I've read now, they tell me about 14,000 books so far. They tell me that I've read, My librarian (laughs) does. So, you know, I've gone from, I don't want to do this to to that. And uh, so I'm glad I obeyed because it's also been a great blessing throughout my life and ministry to be to be that guy that wrote those books and teaches that mm-hmm. it's, it's very nice to have the blessing of obedience there's a blessing when you obey mm-hmm. sometimes there's a sacrifice in the in the beginning but there comes the blessing of obedience in your life and I'm living that now
0: absolutely there definitely is a blessing in obedience. You'll never know what's on the other side of your obedience. And God may ask us for something temporal, something that we cherish momentarily, but he always wants to give us something eternal, something beyond our wildest imagination, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to the working of his power within us. He'll never tell he'll never have us sacrifice something without the intention of giving us something so much more glorious and so much greater. And so I, I believe that obedience has always been such a blessing. God's always he, he he rewards obedience richly is, is really what I want to say. It might not feel good in the moment, but he rewards obedience richly. And so, and he has rewarded you in tremendous ways. And it's gotten the hands of so many people. Your work has been a labor of love. It has blessed so many lives, stirred up, encouraged you know, strengthened believers all over the world. And um, you do talk about the weaknesses of these saints. You know, you, it's not just the one copy with Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake. You write about John Wesley and 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 Spurgeon. You write about all these, and missionaries. You got a book about missionaries and the Word of Faith, you know, movement as well with Kenneth Hagen. And you write about, there's so many different, how many volumes are there now?
1: There's uh, six volumes out, and there'll be six more that I'm working on that There'll be 12 in the whole series is how I've planned it. And uh, I may do more, but at least I'm planning 12. 12 oh, wow. volumes, so six are out.
0: Awesome. So I'm awesome. working
1: on two of them right now. I'm working on uh, God Journals of African-American Leadership, mm. and then I'm also working on the Word of Faith Revival 1.
0: Awesome, so good. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And one thing that was really special to me, like I said in the beginning, is the fact that you don't just share the stories of the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the glory, but you also share the stories of where these people had hangups, sin, sin struggles, um, things that held them back, or even kind of you know kind of sidelined their destiny in a lot of ways. That's why you say how you know some of these succeeded and some have failed in in the overall end. And so for me, the temptations that I see where generals tend to struggle, or people of God tend to struggle, or girls. Gold and glory seem to be the three temptations that are <laughs> that are constantly. And, yeah. and I,
1: honestly, they call, it th- they call it the three Gs. The three Gs. <laughs> the
0: girls, the gold, and the, the glory. G's. And today, it's the same yeah. thing. The temptations remain. It's the same thing. The devil yeah. does not have any new tricks up his sleeve. We we've seen people come out in the past year just men of God that have that have struggled and stumbled same same three G's and I would like to talk about that a little bit because this is very important if we want to be used by God in this generation to make an impact for the kingdom
1: yeah those are probably the top three and I would add number four to it is exhaustion Mm. Uh, let me start with that one first and I'll jump into the other three because I used to just teach the three that we that you just mentioned as the Mm -hmm. top three and then over the years I've observed in my own life and in the lives of people I'm with around the world and in history, that exhaustion is where most of the seeds or the beginning problem in their life came from. Mm-hmm. So most people don't wake up and go today. I shall commit adultery. That's not <laughs> what happens. You know, today I shall steal the money or today <laughs> I shall preach false doctrine. That's not what happens. Sure, That's the way it's talked about, but that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I now put number one concern is people's exhausted people that love God, work for God. Uh, they they can become tired mm-hmm. and tired. People permit things in their life or people or attitudes. They would normally not give one moment to, but when you're too tired to say, go away or get up, walk away or whatever, it has access to you. And mm-hmm. that's how some things got into some people's lives. So I would say, understand your, your, your tiredness and your, have three kinds of tiredness. You have physical tiredness, mental, and spiritual tiredness. So mm-hmm. you can be real strong in the body, but be tired in the spirit and the mind, or vice versa. Yeah. So we have to understand how to fix that. And then, of course, in the three views that you mentioned, probably the next biggest one that I've noticed in, in the general's lives is they marry the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, marriage is a God idea. It did not come from the devil. It mm-hmm. came from God. Mm -hmm. But God wants to put two people together, and so many times people do not know how to find that person, and they usually are in a hurry to get married. They fall Mm -hmm. uh, into physical attraction, then emotional compatibility, but they don't always ask about the spiritual side and what they're called to do. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to be a missionary, so please don't marry a person who does not want to do missionary work if that's your calling? yeah, mm-hmm. uh, They're not going to change much from that, and that doesn't mean they're a bad person. I dated a young lady when I was real young, and I was going to marry her. wanted to marry her, and and she obviously knew I was a minister in this. And she came to me one day and said, listen, I really love you, but I really do not want to be the wife of a minister. My parents were ministers, and you're called to do this, and I don't want to live in that kind of life anymore. She's was honest. It was tough. It was like, ouch. But at the same time, I look back on, I thought that is one of the most bravest people I ever dated enough to be able to say, here's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. If I'd have pursued it and went on, we'd have had trouble, maybe a divorce or whatever. So, you know, it's good in the marriage department that we take Mm -hmm. our time, make sure we know what's going on. And then we find the right person, have a great life, Mm -hmm. but take a little time with that. So that's one and then uh, the, uh, the other side with um, the glory, you know, sometimes people think they're all of all of this wonderful stuff and they don't realize God made them. Yeah. Catherine Kuhlman always used to say, I know from whence I have come, I know better than anybody else that God is the one that is doing this. Mm-hmm. Some people forget that. Yeah. And some people, when they look at Ms. Kuhlman, they go, oh, wow, but they don't hear What she said about herself. Mm -hmm. She knew she was a divorced woman. She knew she was not even a high school graduate. She knew she came from a small little country town in the middle of the state of Missouri and that God picked her up after her divorce when nobody loved her, nobody wanted her, nobody liked her. And God picked her up and she was always thankful. So she lived in great glory, but she carried the humility. Uh, thank you for using me, God. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving me a second chance. Thank you that my mistakes and my problems did not cause you to put me to the side, but you mm-hmm. restored me. You gave me these gifts, and I'm thankful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That sometimes is the most simplest way to stay humble. Mm-hmm. Just remember how God, where God brought you from and all of the blessings that you're enjoying. Please enjoy them, but in your heart. Always thank God because it's His blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, to be honest, in my life, all the honors I get, like you calling me and wanting me to be do a podcast with you, all of that is because of Jesus. He told me what to do, helped me to do it, and then honored what I did. Mm-hmm. And so that is the blessing. So staying humble, sometimes is just remembering from where you came from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm so glad you added exhaustion in there just because of, you yeah, know, I've yeah. been... A believer for um, 13, 14 years now. I've been on the mission field. I've been a part of ministries where I've just noticed burnout is a huge issue where people just take on that mentality of you got to lay down your life, you have to sacrifice, you have to give your all. And that's fantastic when the Lord is empowering it and God will give us grace. But at the same time, life needs a balance. So we need to spend time with the Lord and receive. The strength that we need from his presence. And God created us yes. to rest. Adam's first revelation of God was rest. He was made in the sixth day, and on the seventh day he rested with God. And we need to value that perspective. We don't end with rest. We don't get exhausted and then rest. We rest so that we never get exhausted. We need to start from that place of spiritual rest so we could yeah. live empowered to do everything God's called us to do. And I just this is this is vital because my heart was grieved at the end of last year going into this year. You know, just hearing about amazing men. Um, that that were had such a huge name and and they just you, you we hear about their stumblings and i do never want anyone to be exposed but it just it hurts the worldwide body of christ and so many people get hurt yep. in the process and you know even just with celebrity pastors being a celebrity everyone knowing who you are as a pastor kind of the way the way it is here in the west it's just like everyone's looking to you and everyone thinks you're so great and you drink the kool-aid and you think you're great too and you forget that it's, it's the lord we're, we're you know we're, we're cut from his cloth he's the one that sustains our lives Without him, we wouldn't be breathing. He's, he puts the breath in our lungs and gold. There's something like there's a spirit of mammon, like the scripture talks about that tries to grip our hearts. And the, the apostle Paul even said it, I've learned to be content with little and have much. I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so, you know, this is the, the one, one main reason why, and I've, I've, you know, your teachings have been incredible. I've, your books have made an impact on my life, but I've, God has raised you up because he is, he is, um, He is raising up warriors, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, leaders, evangelists around the world, and we need to see what the, you know, we need to see the stumblings of those who have gone before us, the successes of those who have gone before us, so that we can learn from them and not repeat those same mistakes, and so I'm speaking to revivalists right now. There's revivalists listening to this right now, uh, pastors listening to this, evangelists listening to this, and and they're going to learn so much from this, and so it's, man, it's just... It's so special.
1: One thing I would add to to the conversation at this moment Mm -hmm. is people also have to learn how to enjoy their life as they obey the call of God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't live a balanced life where they don't do holidays. They don't take breaks. They don't take time to be with their family and celebrate the special days in their family and holidays because they're all working for Jesus. Well, if the devil can't get you to stop by a frontal attack, this is a backdoor attack to get you so tired and you don't do what you're supposed to do and rest. That's a trick of the enemy. So please enjoy Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. There is no sin against a holiday or a vacation, Mm. and you need to to do it. I had Fred Price, the great preacher from Crenshaw Christian Center in L.A., what a faith preacher, come and preach for me years ago. And I asked him, I said, what advice would you give a young pastor? I was just starting pastoring then. He put down his fork and knife. We were at lunch. And he goes, book your holiday first and don't change the date. (laughs) Well, I thought, what kind of answer is that? I thought he'd study Greek, Hebrew, read after this writer. That's what I thought he would say, being being the great teacher that he was. But later in ministry, he was correct because my 10-day became five my five-day holiday became three, and it became next year, and then pretty soon I'd go for long periods without a break with family and with, with my, for my own self, and it began to do a physical toll on me, so I would tell all the revivalists, do not feel unspiritual for taking breaks, doing holidays, and having time for yourself
0: that is a beautiful thing. You know, I agree 100% and I have valued that in my own life, you know, and I I believe a lot of it is cuz I've read I think 4 out of the 6 God's Generals and I've and I've learned by by your teachings and um yeah, I just I truly believe that God delights in us, that he doesn't just want a bunch of workers, he wants lovers. He wants a family. He wants and as as a father, I I have two kids. I want my kids to Um, live a faithful life to, you know, for Jesus, but I also want them to enjoy their lives. And God, you know, I think the mentality used to be, if you're not suffering, you're not serving God, and, uh, people would, you know, the more you suffer, that's a bigger notch on your belt. And there is suffering in the Christian life. And there is, like we said, obedience and sacrifice, but there also is so many pleasures that God has created us to enjoy. And, and God gave us family and God gave us laughter and God gave us dance and music and song. And, you know, and so there's just so many things God wants us to enjoy in the pursuit of our callings. And so that's, that's, that's amazing. And one thing that, um, I want to point out as well is the importance of family, this is something I've noticed in, in the in the general's lives where family have, it would take, you know, a back seat to the call of God. And I, I truly believe that that is not what the Lord intends, that that family, we need to be doing it together, you know, serving God together. But also just your, your, your children and your wife or your husband, is, it's vital. God wants us to honor those relationships and not put them on the back burner as well.
1: Yeah. Families first. Ministry is second. Mm-hmm. The priorities of a of a minister should be God is first, family is second, and ministry is third. Mm-hmm. That's the divine order that brings peace to a family and peace to a heart. If you do not want the responsibility of a marriage, don't get married. Mm-hmm. If you do not want the responsibility of a child, don't have any children. It's crazy to me to be well, I didn't sign up for this, but you got married. You signed up for it. Mm-hmm. You you had a baby, you signed up for it. So to be very broad and blunt, if you don't want those responsibilities or those restricted things you've got to do in relationship to your life to take care of your wife, take care of your husband, be with your children, and all the stuff that goes with that, then don't have them. <laughs> that is one of the problems that people should look at them and say, this is what this means. Do you want to live like this? <laughs> and this is what you have to do to make it work. And if they don't get it and, and, and they need to understand what they're signing up for Before uh, they all just jump into the I do's and the baby producing and then wake up. I don't like this. Well, too bad you created it. (laughs) So Everybody slow down, look at it and know what you're saying yes to and what you're going to be doing.
0: Oh yeah, that's very practical instruction. I appreciate that. And that's why I'm I'm grateful there's there's many counselors uh, around the world, you know, Christian counselors and we need to seek counsel and advice and wisdom from people that have lived before us, ma- you know, married couples in the Lord that have been married 10, 15, 20, 30 years before we jump into things and we need to glean wisdom from other people, pull on the people in our lives and so we're equipped for the big decisions that we make in life and God has caused multiple um i just believe god's raised up counselors and teachers and pastors and surrounded us with mothers and fathers in the faith that we can glean from so we make decisions in the lord and in wisdom
1: going to christian counseling is not a weakness it's a sign of health that you recognize you need somebody to help you in pentecostalism they always were we just pray through well most things you pray through but sometimes you need someone to help walk your soul through and walk down the road with you to get everything turned around so please do not feel embarrassed or feel like there's something wrong with you if you go to counseling. I've been to counseling four or five times in my life, and it was great because I needed it at different times, and I still go have a, a review of my life just to make sure I'm not nuts. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, just so everybody know. please don't look at counseling uh, as a negative. Look at it as a positive, and there's nothing wrong with anybody going to get Christian counseling or help them through a problem in their life or how to navigate a, a circumstance more more successful?
0: Yes, yes, I agree. And you know, with with years and years of studying revival and studying studying revivalists, you know, to this day, we're you know we're crying out for revival. Churches are going after revival, and you know, they're reading through like church history. What do you? In terms of just releasing the kingdom and seeing a great move of the Holy Spirit, what have you known or common denominators here in terms of how revivals have started, how, how some have ended kind of brutally in the past? Like if someone's heart is crying out or a church is really crying out for revival, um, what, are, what are some practical and spiritual um, insight you would give them or wisdom from, from your study and well, your prayer time?
1: I would say that the hunger has to be maintained for it to come. And once it revival does come, you got to stay hungry while you're in it or you'll lose it. Mm-hmm. It's one um, revival is work. And that's one thing that people don't see when it hits When revival hits, Those who've been crying out for it are going to have to work 24, 7 17 care of the baby Christians mm-hmm. and all that's going on with it. So people, sometimes they they're crying out for revival, but they don't know what they're crying out for. Mm-hmm. You're crying out to have your five-year life plan blown clear to bits. <laughs> and you get a new earth plan from heaven that may not include some of your things you had in the last one, mm-hmm. and that you will be in church or be doing things on a 24 hour, kind of seven day, all year long type of basis. Mm-hmm. Revival is all consuming. And so those are things that people do not really understand until they hit, or why sometimes revival has not really come because they don't know what the cost of it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, revival is sometimes a salvation, mainly a salvation revival. It could be a a healing revival. There can be a certain emphasis. And whatever God is emphasizing, if you'll tap into a role with, then that revival move will come into your church or into your family. So some people are trying to pursue something that God did in the past, but he's not doing today. Mm -hmm. So what is he doing today? What is he emphasizing, restoring, fine-tuning in our day? Find what that is and go drink of it. And be a part of that. That's a sign of a revival too. So those are just a, f- a few thoughts about
0: it. Yeah, I agree. And today, you know, with this crazy year we just came out of twenty twenty and the chaos and everything that's taking place in the world, what do you what do you sense God is doing? I know you've studied so many revivals over the years, and you see what's taking place in the world and in the church. What is some um, insight or some revelation you feel like? Well, God, if I really sense God is doing this in this time and hour.
1: Well, I think the pandemic has created a a very unique moment for a worldwide revival because it's a worldwide Mm -hmm. pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so when there's been a crisis on that scale, when uh, people are desperate, we may be on the edge of one of the greatest soul-saving revivals we've ever seen, Mm -hmm. because when this thing totally breaks down and and goes away, people are going to come running out of their homes, and a lot of them are going to try to come back into the church, and we should be ready to evangelize, we should be ready to get involved in their lives, and not be caught off guard. I believe that. Mm-hmm. be ready for that. Because I do think something good's gonna come out of this mess. And it's a political mess, it's a medical mess. We don't even know what the truth is, it's how messed up it is. <laughs> and so I think that is one I think too, also we're gonna have to we're gonna see who really wants to be in ministry. When this pandemic effect is over, we'll find out how many people want to go out there and actually do the work of the ministry mm-hmm. instead of celebrity status of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna have to go back and rebuild our churches. We build our conferences. We have to start over. Mm-hmm. We'll gain some new people. We've lost some old people. There are some folks who have backslid yep. mm-hmm. into online Christianity, mm-hmm. which means I do what I want and listen to you and what I want. And if I don't like you, I'll find somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, God didn't say stay home. He said as the day of the Lord draws closer, Hebrews ten twenty five, gather together more and don't be like the others are who don't. Mm-hmm. So, who are you going to be a gatherer or, or a person that does not gather?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think if you if you look back as well on, you know, God is always in the darkest times. His light has shined the brightest and people think oh it's gloomy oh it's miserable oh this is happening that is happening no this is this is the perfect time for god's light to shine he goes into the darkest of places he brings his love he brings his mercy he brings his glory he's reaching hearts people are getting desperate people cannot trust the economy people cannot trust what's being spoken to them on the news people cannot trust you know even that all their church doors are going to be open people just need the lord jesus and their and their their circumstances are bringing them to that place And so I agree. I think there's salvation is is spreading. And, you know, today is the day of salvation. We must proclaim the message. How are they going to hear it and believe if they're not told if there's not a preacher that is sent to them? And so this is vital and kind of how I want to how I want to close this out today. There's people listening and they've heard from the Lord, maybe they're young, maybe they're maybe they're older, but they, they want to engage the call of God for their lives. They want to be used by the Lord in this generation. They have a hunger and a yearning, but they don't know how to get there. I would just love for you to speak to them directly, to just say, what kind of... Uh, advice or what kind of instruction would you give someone who's saying, I'm, I'm young, uh, maybe I'm just out of high school, but I've got a call of God on my life, or maybe someone who's in their mid-50s or 60s, like Smith Wigglesworth was mm-hmm. when he when he got on fire for God and how he started to be used by the Lord. He wasn't too old to be used by God. What would you say to, especially in this hour to people?
1: Well, in it, a historical studies, all the people you mentioned, the great people, they, most of their ministries, 95% of their ministries began in their service in their local church, their home church. Mm-hmm. And this is something people don't realize. Wigglesworth worked in the Salvation Army as a children's pastor before he became what he became. Mm-hmm. You know, so Amy McPherson and her mother worked in the Salvation Army when they were young. And so they, they, there is a—if you want to start ministry and you want to go into ministry, then I would say, one, find a way to serve in your local church. You don't have to be the biggest church or the famous church. It has to be your home church or you go to church and find a way to serve. Secondly, become a great student of chapter and verse of the Bible. Read the Bible. Study the Bible. The more word in you, the more you have in you, God can use it more. So in the beginning stages, find a place to serve in the church. I don't care if it's the janitor. I don't care if it's the parking lot. Find a place to serve and start serving. And make sure you're a student of the word mm-hmm. and, and, and be in there because most people are seeking a dream, a vision, a feeling, an encounter, when really you've got to put your feet on the foundation that's more sure than prophecy, and that is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have the knowledge of it, then mm-hmm. God can't use you to speak it and give more revelation to you. So those are two simple embryotic steps that I would give everybody the counsel to do.
0: Amen. That's something we don't hear. Uh as much as we need to hear serve, <laughs> serve,
1: yeah. you know, you well, don't need most to people be... able to tell you, yeah, let us tell you, well, go pray and you know worship. And so, well, I believe in all of that, but you have to one day get off of the floor and go do something <laughs> and right. you start doing That's right. to your local church. And when you're faithful there and you get a good reputation among the pastors and the people, they promote you almost automatically. You, you're surprised. they like, well, let him, And it goes forward from there. The church is not a problem. The church is the great home for God's ministers to be launched out from and to be protected by. Love the local church, everybody, and be a part of it.
0: Yes, we need to trust that the Lord is able. We need to trust the Lord is willing because when it comes to opening do- opening doors, we're not supposed to be opening doors for ourselves. The Lord opens doors that no man can open. He closes doors that no man can shut. We need to yep. trust that God will exalt us in due time we we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he will exalt us in due time and if we exalt ourselves we will be humbled and if we humble ourselves we will be exalted that's not a message that we hear very often behind the pulpit nowadays but it is accurate i learned that i'm grateful that i grew up in a church that focused heavily on the love of God the grace of God but also you know the miraculous but also mm-hmm. humility honor servanthood and I was able to glean that in my early years, and it's been a huge help. It's godly order. And so everything that you shared today, um, has it's it's things that we don't hear very often, um, unless we're really digging and we find the right teachers. There's plenty of teachers out there, great teaching. But at the same time, I'm just I'm grateful for this practical insight. I know there's many people that that have grabbed hold of the nuggets that you have shared. This is this is from experience. This is from your, your years and years of study. And so um, I, I receive everything you had to say. Thank you so much, Robert, today for joining me and for for pouring out your life and, and sharing your story and, and the story of these generals.
1: I love it. I'll do it any time you want. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> it's a joy. Thank you guys for tuning into Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Actually, real quick, Robert, are you still with me?
1: Yes, I'm with you. You are
0: awesome. How could people? Get, I'm so sorry. How could people connect with your ministry, and get, get, get a oh. hold of God's generals and all of that?
1: Well you can probably get it on Amazon, but you can go to my website Roberts with an S, dot org or my Facebook page is Roberts Lairdon Official and those will be the two best ways to get it. Um you just stole my name on Amazon or something, it'll most of my books will fly up that way too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I'll be putting and Sometimes
1: like, they're cheaper there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. That is true. I go to sometimes Amazon a lot. cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I do go to amazon a lot for things like that So all the links will be in the comment section for everyone to click and get a hold of that <laughs> Sorry, I was I always I wanted you to share that I just slipped my mind for a minute But bless you guys. Yep. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast and i'll speak to you guys next time on awakened podcast Hello everybody michael lombardo here Let me tell you about this amazing online store the hope-filled journey um, they'll definitely want to check that out today Michelle and Renee Torres They started up an online store In obedience to the Holy Spirit In the midst of a crazy year Full-time jobs Raising four small children They stepped out in faith And God is honoring it every step of the way It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com This is where you'll find extraordinary products Clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring Handmade jewelry Their goal is to inspire faith through it through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce check it out it's the hopefilledjourney.com and also if you today if you go well you have got the promo code awaken promo code awaken if you go to the website you can get 25 percent off of all full priced items and all orders over 60 dollars will ship free And so that's 25% off today, all full price items and any orders, $60 or more will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com
2: and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.